live from Paris, Las Vegas, Hotel and Casino, it's the 2023 Unbuilt Live Spectacular. We now go to our host, awkwardly meeting for the first time in a hotel suite, Ryan O'Reilly and Ryan Dorman. Welcome, dreamers of all ages, to another episode of Unbuilt, an unrealized theme park podcast with me today for the first time ever, live and in person. It's my co-host, Ryan Dorman. Hi, Ryan. Hey! <laughs> we are recording you from a hotel room at the Paris Las Vegas. I just saw his view, and it is insane. Uh, why don't you tell us what your view is of? Oh, we get, uh, uh, I'm going to speak with all my knowledge of Las Vegas that I certainly have. There's the the Bellagio fountains and the Paris Tower and then thousands and thousands of drunk people vomiting all over the floor. <laughs> uh, we are recording on January third, twenty twenty three. So happy New Year! Uh, <laughs> uh, originally, we were going to start this year with doing "Hooray for Hollywood," a tribute to unbuilt attractions uh, from Disney, MGM Studios, and related. However. Uh, my co-host texted me and said I would be in a layover in Vegas, and that's where I live. So <laughs> we decided to record an episode live and in person. Uh, now, we will be back next week with Hooray for Hollywood episode one. I can't tease that. But for now, we thought we would do something uh, very special, but before we do, I just want to know, how are you doing? How was your flight? Well, it's a five and a half hour flight from Baltimore to... I, I'm noticing, like, I can see you right across the table, but I feel like there's no beats of change. It's the exact yes. same show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much. It was like everything, all this setup and uh, all it's the years. same show. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is, this is I think, what, what did I say, six years in the making? Six, or, seven years, something yeah, like that. That's, yeah. oh my God. Um, yeah, it was a flight, a five and a half hour flight from uh, from Baltimore. I mean, you know, luckily we caught the back end of the Southwest cancellations mm-hmm. and the absolute nightmare that's been all of that. Yeah. Um, but we, we, as usual, I think it's a little bit cheaper to fly to Vegas and drive to Anaheim yeah, or something I, like that. Yeah, so that's the that's the plan from yeah, here you on. Yeah, Disney. That's right. Go to see Haunted Mansion Holiday for the first <laughs> gosh, time. Which got extended. It did, yeah. Until January 30th. It's officially the original Haunted Mansion is around for like 180 days, about half a year yeah, now. Half a year. Yeah. <laughs> I, just that's what everybody wants. And I mean, I, I would be mad, but the lines... The lines kind of speak for themselves. Yeah. People, people have chosen their poison. That's yes. all I can say. I, it seems like uh, I don't know Jack Skellington. Uh, a lot of people grew up with Hot Topic and yeah. <laughs> the Bone, the Bone Daddy, right? Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's uh, so here I'm in Vegas. I was in Vegas a year ago today for like six hours, and. I think I vowed to myself I would never come back to the strip, and here I am exactly one year later. I think, um, yeah. So, so I, we have talked about Vegas pretty frequently yes. on the show. It's because I grew up here. Uh, <laughs> so, usually on this podcast we cover unbuilt themed attractions, and we've covered a, a couple of unrealized Las Vegas attractions in the past, such as the scrapped rides at the Stratosphere Tower and a life-size Starship Enterprise. Now, there are more to come, but for this special occasion, I thought it would be neat to talk about Las Vegas in the 1990s. So let me go over my childhood and my perspective. Uh, I grew up 
uh, here in Las Vegas, but I was not born here. I was, I was born in California in 1988. And in 1994, uh, about, oh gosh, I would have to say... 19 years ago, uh, uh, over Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, there was an earthquake in Norfridge, uh, which uh, decimated part of our house. And uh, because of that, uh, we built up the house, uh, flipped it, and moved to Las Vegas because um, it traumatized my mother so much. She didn't want to. She didn't want to be in a, an earthquake ever again. So she's like, "Let's go to a place where no no earthquakes." And Las Vegas was quickly on the rise. Um, uh, in building and uh, at the same exact time this whole thing was happening where people in uh, the the owners of the casinos decided that they would try to push towards families due to the fact that um, uh, native reservations all over the country had been uh, taking advantage of uh, what uh, gift I guess they were given despite the hundreds of years of oppression uh, where they could build casinos on their reservations. And because of that, it was cutting into the gambling profits. So the uh, through confluence of events, they decided to start marketing themselves towards families and building a lot of family-friendly attractions. Um, this all starts with the, uh, the 1989 Mirage. So Steve Wynn wanted a themed oasis and it was unlike they have ever seen before. Now, the Mirage, um, if you go a little bit down on Las Vegas Boulevard, you'll see the Mirage, soon to be the Hard Rock. Um, and you can see in the um, show notes there, there is a uh, picture of the Mirage with its volcano. Oh, okay. And uh, that was like the first big thing. This is like this big, huge cool attraction that is meant to entice you not only into the casino but is also something that anybody could take pleasure in including children so you have that giant burning volcano it's really lavishly themed and this is a massive success like just a tremendous success uh the excalibur opens the following year and the Megas Resort is on the rise. Um, and the Excalibur uh, is the castle-themed one. Now, did you pass by? Yeah, absolutely. The the Excalibur, I mean, I've seen it in just, like, television. I, I know there is the one that looks like a giant castle uh, on the Strip. Um, yeah, yeah, I did see that as I was coming up. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there is the 1993 Merlin and Dragon animatronic show. And <laughs> this opened in 1993, and there is a link there, right there, to a video of it. Merlin and the Dragon mm-hmm. animatronic show. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to this link now live. This is because we're, we're doing a live and uncut episode yeah. of, of Unbuilt. And, and if you could see it, it's like there's smoke pouring out. In the actual video with the audio itself, um, you'll actually hear like a little girl, like she's like, like going go away dragon go away it's like one of the most adorable things you'll ever see but yeah so it's the door opens this giant dragon it's kind of like maleficent yeah is this all outdoors all outdoors so if you go to if you go to the excalibur right now you'll enter the casino through a bridge and and when you're going inside if you look on the right hand side you'll actually see 
the uh, little cottage that Merlin, the Merlin animatronic used to come out of. And then if you look, uh, if you crane your head over, uh, you'll actually see these uh, little gates that the dragon was in. And for like years, I guess the animatronic was kind of like trapped inside there. <laughs> is it like on a boat? Is that what it is? I, I think it's like, a, it's, a, it's on a like a, it's like on a tracked boat. Oh, okay. Like yeah. Uh, from what I remember, like there's like some rafters inside it and it kind of like holds it together. But uh, it is the doofiest thing <laughs> I have ever seen. It is great. Are you still watching the video? I'm just like flipping through it right now. You're yeah. Flipping through it? Yeah. yeah. You can see like the Merlin comes through and he comes out and he's like, Mac Beast! Mac Beast! And. <laughs> <laughs> it is so amazing and it's like this it's like the jankiest animatronic because it comes out like literally on a track it's like looks like something out of the simpsons where it comes out of the track and it's just like it's like holds up his hand uh is it just looks really silly it just looks really much older than than 1993 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The, the fire breathing is kind of impressive but my favorite part of this is that if you could see see how far the the breath is going and notice how it's not even coming even close to that animatronic my favorite part is it like breathes fire and then merlin goes ha ha missed me (laughs) yeah and then he like gives off some pyro like he actually like pyro shoots out of his little thing so so the this was uh well now I, i hate to spoil it but what happened like what 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 or do we keep going through all of the? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a, it's like a four-minute show. He like does some pyro, and then the dragon just goes eh and screws off, and just goes back into the cage. And this lasted all the way for like about eleven years to two thousand. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. See, that's that's what I was gonna say. Is that surprises me that this lasted as long as it did? It seems like something that would be around for only a little bit. Um, but inside the Excalibur, there was also the. It's still there. The fun dungeon. The fun dungeon. Mm-hmm. Which I swear to God was reused in Record Ralph because he has King Candy has that line. I'll take you to my dungeon, my fun dungeon, my fun gen. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but that's where like they have an arcade and they used to have like motion simulators down there, and <laughs> so they again they're trying to anything to attract like families to because they want kids to go and do the fun amusements and the adults to gamble. Uh, 1993 also came with the MGM Grand, complete with my favorite MGM Grand Adventures and the Emerald City Oz Experience. And again, you can see some photos of the Emerald City. We talked about the Emerald City last year in our Oz episode. Uh, And uh, once again, you can go through it and then you'll be able to see like... um, uh, a magic show at the end of the Emerald City, but you go through and there's like animatronics as you walk through, and then at the end you watch a magic show in the Emerald City, and then of course there's MGM Grand Adventures, which we talked about a little in our Geyser Mountain episode. So let's talk about the Deep Earth Exploration, which is a Intamin combination simulator dark ride, one of the first of its kind, and nobody has any footage of it. But um, here's some more photos of it. This is the Grand Canyon Rapids as you scroll through. Uh, which was a very nice themed rapids ride. You could see the lightning bolt coaster as it goes over the Grand Canyon Rapids. And it, it is kind of interesting. Like, look at it. You just saw the MGM Grand. Yeah. As I'm sure you are. Aware. Driving up. Yeah. yeah. 
and then this is on the back side right now where it is you can actually see that that parking garage is actually still here it's still there but instead next to it right there where these grand canyon rapids are that's actually where top golf is now so yeah even as far as we are like looking at these these full theme park themed experiences basically just full-on attractions in some points mm-hmm. it's such in stark contrast of what's in well what's outside the window right now right the uh, like is it is vegas less for 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 kids now is that like the energy that they're going for i think what they're going for is young adult entertainment paradise is, mm. is really what they're going for they're going for less theme and more uh experiential like bars like dancing bars restaurants like, yeah and like it kind of like anything that's kind of instagrammable oh okay so that's why that omega mart exists right okay okay extremely instagrammable place right so that, that's they're looking for anything that touches attentions young adults who have disposable income that are young enough to drink and gamble, but they're not going for the old market anymore, which is what a lot of old Vegas was. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you look back on this '90s era, you'll kind of see like kind of the stark contrast of kind of this old '60s vibe. You know, the mafia vibe versus this make a resort vibe. And now, if, once again, if you go to that window and you look to the left and you go to see the Cosmo. Right. That's very much what current Vegas is. Sleek, ultra modern, minimalist, but attractive. When you, when you say they're not going for like the old market anymore, do you mean like the, the market of the 90s or like the elderly? Like the, the elderly. <laughs> really? So it's like young, the older el- people yeah. with their grandkids and things like that. As they go to the theme park and, and they do all these more, I guess they gamble a lot, right? Uh, more so than young people. Yeah. And that, that's the thing. Yes, they, they want high rollers, but they're not going for the people who remember when the mafia owned Vegas. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So continuing on, there is a uh, link there to a short clip of the Backlot River Tour. And if you pull it up, it's a 26-minute long clip. And you could see these these are boats taken from the Jaws attraction from 1990 uh, at Universal when it was redone. They scooped them up. They brought them over here. And it's pretty much, this is the company that did the first 1990s version of Jaws. Jaws from Universal was made by R&R Creative who uh, there was some issues doing a attraction with underwater elements and Universal sued the pants off them and they just took everything up and they moved it basically over here to Las Vegas to make a new attraction called the Backlot River Tour. And this is a very strange attraction <laughs> where you would go through multiple sets and effects would happen and there was like a creepy like submerged animatronic that came out of the water like the the creature from the black lagoon yeah yeah. like kind of like that and it's like a helicopter rising oh Uh, look at that yeah very strange attraction this is actually attraction you could see multiple ride throughs on youtube um but uh again very very ambitious but strange stuff and then there's a uh, clipping from uh, Deep Earth Exploration in the show notes. And you can see that vehicle that 
a motion simulator vehicle with the windows. Um, they, of course, had a log flume ride. And you can kind of see the theming and kind of the weird costume characters there. Um, I, I spent a lot of time here as a kid. So this was a whole... 33-acre theme park. That's just gone now. It's gone. What's in its place? Okay, so in its place, uh, f- first what happened is in 1996, they remove half of it to make for a uh, spa and pool area. So that's all flattened. The Deep Earth Exploration Ride, the Backlot River Tour, gone. Uh, because they were the most uh, most expensive to maintain. So they reduce it to 16 acres, which is tiny. Uh, and uh, for comparison, I believe like California Venture is like 79 acres. Okay. Like that. Yeah. So really, really small. Uh, and then the rest of it is closed in 2000, 2001. I was actually there on the last day of public operation. Hmm. Um, so, uh, they were holding a Jimmy Buffett festival. <laughs> so I got the ride lightning bolt all day while my mom relaxed and listened to Jimmy Buffett. Interesting. What was Jimmy Buffett there? Or was it just like a tribute festival? Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, I know that there was a bunch of drunk parrot heads in the park. <laughs> and if my mom listens to this, she'll probably be like, I don't remember that. I'm like, mom, you were on a beach chair chilling the entire time. Um, <laughs> They also had like a, a dueling pirate show, like a stunt show that you can see a lot of footage of online. But yeah, it's it's crazy, right? Like that all of this was here and I just I just passed it. I passed the location on the way here to the hotel. And it's just it's just not. It's just Yeah. The only thing that remains of it is a little bit of the old fencing that was between the sidewalk and the park. That's it. That's all. That That's fascinating. That yeah. this is like a little relic of the, of yeah, the architecture there. Go, yeah. yeah, if you go like in there, um, into the hotel, you can find some areas that haven't been touched in the parking garage. Let's say, I'll say this way to the theme park. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they just gotten lazy and left the signs up, or yeah, pretty yeah. Much. yeah. <laughs> uh, so what? What is that character? What is this purple dinosaur? No, that's a oh. great question. Did you ever see it when you were there? Like, the, do you remember this character? The or? character? No. Yeah, no. I, I, they had their, like, they had King Louie. I remember that. King Louie was basically their version of the MGM Lion. Oh, okay. And he had, like, an entire, like, lion family. But I don't know what this character is. I'll post a photo online if anyone wants to inform us who it looks the like, heck it is. It's like Dino with, like, a goatee yeah, almost. Yeah, it looks like a, a gator yeah. or something like that. I know oh, they, had, okay. they had costume Pluto... Uh, uh, Bluto, Popeye, and Olive Oil. They had those rights before um, Universal got them. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I have no idea who these characters are. That's a great question. But uh, I do miss MGM Grand Adventures. It was kind of cool to have a theme park here. Uh, but we still do have a theme park, and it's called the Adventure Dome, but it used to be called Grand Slam Canyon. And it opened up in 1993. And you can see it right here. Now, Grand Slam Canyon is the Adventure Dome. If you go down um, LV Boulevard, it's at the Circus Circus. It's a giant pink dome. And it's still there. It's called the Adventure Dome. It still has that giant canyon in the middle there. You can see. 
um, but it doesn't have the animatronic dinosaurs. You can see the Canyon Blaster there. This place used to have like only like a couple rides. And uh, one of the rides was the Canyon Blaster, which was a pink roller coaster. But the, the bolt, uh, so I had like, a, like a, a flat ride or two, a roller coaster, and a water slide for some reason. And, but the bulk of it was like this kind of educational dinosaur walkthrough. Mm, it, so I was looking at it. My first thought was weirdly maybe showing my youth Jurassic World. Like it looks like the the big like uh, dome in Jurassic World. Or it even looks like some of the stuff that we've talked about with like the land, things like that. Yeah. Um, but you're saying it as an educational dinosaur walkthrough. What does that entail? Like a, like a dioramas or animatronics? Yeah, you, you basically go through and it's kind of weird because there's a bunch of Pueblo architecture, which would imply <laughs> the uh, existence of man. Okay. And uh, for some reason, there's also dinosaurs here. Um, <laughs> no joking, but like there would be dinosaurs all throughout and there was uh, like a little exhibit called the passage of time and you went through it and it show there's like a blighted mural that shows the passage of time. And in like 94, 95, they were like, this isn't working. So they took out the water slide, they replaced it with a shoot the shoots attraction called Rim Runner. And they also put in a uh, bunch of bunch more flat rides over the years they uh, have added more and more and more uh right now it's basically just a theme park it's like five acre theme park gotcha that's used to be very very tacky uh phil ruffin bought the circus circus they bought it in about uh two three years ago and he's been actually cleaning the place up so supposedly it's going to get really really nicer he's added more rides cleaned up some of the tackier areas like there was there's literally used to go through and it was just littered with all these like arcade machines really yeah just like cheat like basic not even like like claw machines and shit yeah. like that or yeah and like yeah. tacky like vendor booths gotcha yeah so Ugh. luckily those are gone now what what is phil who is phil ruffin phil ruffin is a casino magnet he uh, owns the TI, which used to be Treasure Island, which I didn't put on this list for some reason. I forgot about it. Uh, but let's talk about Treasure Island for a second. Treasure Island uh, used to be the TI. Treasure Island was the uh, wonderful uh, hotel that was opened uh, next to Mirage. It used to be called Treasure Island at the Mirage. Uh, it's basically Steve Wynn, who's a terrible person, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Steve Wynn's second project after the Mirage, and it was a pirate-themed hotel, as the name would imply. Treasure Island uh, used to have a pirate battle show where the pirate ship would sink, and the sinking pirate ship was designed by Bob Gurr. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's a little bit of history for, uh, for the Disney fans. Right? <laughs> yeah, so it was designed by Bob Gurr. <laughs> Uh, really, really cool. And then it was turned into a sexy siren show, like in the 2000s with the sirens of T.I. So, so, so explain to me, and maybe I'm asking intricate questions, but it seems like, so the, what you're saying before is in the 90s, right? There was like the older crowd and they would bring their grandkids. So a lot of the theme parks was to make sure that it felt like it was a family kind of experience. Did it like... Before turning into now, where it's like a generally, seemingly like when I go outside, it's an amicable experience for families. Did it have like a massive 180 to avoid the grandparents' culture in the early 2000s that the family stuff became sexy? Like what was, so what is the thinking of turning 
a pirate ship show into a sexy siren show? Great question. So I think that comes with what they realized who was spending money. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. The families just weren't just they weren't coming. They weren't interested. Right. But they do notice a lot of people coming in and going Vegas, baby. Yeah. And they're coming yeah. in. They're fear and loathing Las Vegas, <laughs> doing drugs, <laughs> spending money, getting drunk and high and all this stuff and they're like wait whoa 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 the 20 the the 20s crowd that's that's who we have to go after yeah because i because when i was young so when i was like to the point where i knew what las vegas was so maybe i was like six like early 2000s on television it was all just vegas is the place where you can get legal strippers and like see you know, horrible things, right? Because that's the way that Vegas, yeah. Vegas is positioned on those, like, pawn stars and things like that, like the pop culture of the time. I don't know if this can go in the show. I don't know what your family rating is for talking about prostitution. <laughs> prostitution is not... <laughs> it's not legal here, it's right? It's not legal it's here. Legal. It's legal in Peru. That's right. Yeah, right next door. Yes. Um, there you go. Yeah, so, so um, it seems like the sin city stuff kind of returned back to Vegas after this. So is that where... Like as these things were being phased out, did Vegas turn less towards theme parks and like child uh, family experiences and more towards very adult things, or or is that like where the time and money went, uh, or is this siren experience just an isolated incident of kids stuff being turned into incredibly provocative dancer stuff? <laughs> I would have to say there's a small transition, but it's almost as abrupt as you kind of make it out to be. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but that's that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, and did you ever see that show? I never did. No, no. I, w- I I wouldn't imagine. I never did, <laughs> and it's not because I. My parents were like, "We can't let him see this filth." <laughs> oh. No, it's not that. It's the fact that I just didn't go to the strip at that time. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Was it a short-lived? experience no it wasn't i believe the sirens of ti lasted a good eight or nine years oh wow say. yeah but it pretty much was exactly as it sounds sexy sirens yeah just lots of skimpy clothing yeah and the, but the pirate ship still sank in so, fairness so. disneyland did have sexy sirens in the 1960s <laughs> the right yeah the mermaids but yes. I guess like yeah, maybe maybe calling them sexy is unfair. Wasn't, but they, they were all wasn't, like, wasn't there like the whole thing where they had to discontinue them because guys kept jumping in the water? Yeah, that was the, <laughs> the 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 old urban legend, right? Yeah. Is that people were throwing themselves at these yeah, scantily clad yeah, teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. The most experimental one was this Luxor. Now you know what the Luxor is. Uh, yeah, of course, of course, right? The, you, the, you the yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, no, we came around the, we came that way. Oh, okay. You came around to Koval. That would make a lot of sense. Flamingo okay. to Koval. Yeah. 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 Uh, but the Luxor, which is, uh, yeah, it's just. Um, this was towards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the Luxor opened in 1993, complete with a boat ride and a three-part story experience named the Secrets of the Luxor Pyramid. And. This is the most bonkers thing. This la- both all these lasted like three years. Uh, the secrets of the obelisk, Luxor Live, and the Theater of Time. This this is the craziest thing ever. Uh, so here's 
here's how this this experience. So if you go right now to the Luxor, you can go into the pyramid and there's a second level. And on the second level right now, there is a Titanic exhibit, a bodies exhibit, a show theater. What was the second one? A bodies? Bo- bodies, like body worlds, bodies, bodies exhibition. What's that? So it's like where they have a bunch of real human bodies, oh. parts and stuff like that. Have you never heard of this stuff? No, no, no. This is yeah, first it's like, to me. Like preserved body organs so you could see like the inside of a human. What? So the Luxor so is a weird. casino, right? It's a hotel. Well, so it's a hotel. like a pyramid. Right. That's great. So it's a hotel slash casino slash entertainment mm-hmm. venue. But yeah. you're telling me there's an entire floor devoted to like historical museum well, well that's the thing things? so okay. it's it, it's called it's i think it's still called the attractions area and it's its entire second level within the pyramid and it kind of looks like a futuristic egyptian city and that's by design because that was the idea so uh the whole idea is that they find this like ancient pyramid in las vegas and within it there is a futuristic egyptian city in it so strange, right? <laughs> so you go in here and you go in here and you first go, you're supposed to like buy tickets to all three. Okay. And you first go into this uh, uh, simulator ride called Secrets of the Obelisk. And this was directed, I think it was all made by Douglas Trumbull. Now, uh, Douglas Trumbull, are you aware of who he is? I have no clue who this man okay. is. <laughs> Douglas Trumbull was the special effects um, artist on 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and he was the uh, proponent for a um, a film uh, a film technique called show scan. Show scan is a film technique where you show everything at uh, 60 frames per second. Wow. Um, and I mean, he was the first person to be doing this. I mean, we have Avatar and to way of water in theaters right now and that's a lot of high frame rate stuff right but he was the first proponent of high frame rate and he was trying to like sell this technology he made a show uh, he made a movie called brainstorm now you i don't know if you're aware of what brainstorm is not many people do brainstorm is a movie starring christopher walken uh uh, Robert Wagner and Natalie Wood. This is a real movie. This it's is like a, a wow. Okay. Brainstorm. This is a movie where, uh, like, I believe after I don't know if it was after it was made or during it was made that the infamous incident with Robert Wagner, Natalie Wood, and Christopher Walken happened. What? Why? This is news to me. You I don't never know. Never heard of the Natalie Wood story? No. <laughs> They're like on a boat. And supposedly the the legend goes that Robert Wagner's jealous because she thinks that um, Natalie Wood is um, having an affair with Christopher Walken. They're all three of them are on this this yeah. boat. Okay, uh-huh. and somehow Natalie Wood winds up drowned. Oh, in the water, and she's dead. And Robert Wagner, it's like like they they cleared him of charges, right? But it's suspected that Robert Wagner murdered her. Okay. Yeah. And because of this, because of this whole goes down, this movie Brainstorm, which uh, pretty much it's about um, the government is working on a technology where you could take images and um, memories in your mind, upload them, and somebody else can experience them. So 
the idea is that you put on this like device and then you see from their point of view something. So every time you would see that, it would be in this show scan format. But this doesn't come out until like 1984 or something, like years later. So this and movie did come out. It did come out, but it bombs because they try to bury it. Because, I mean, it's pretty much the center of a, a, a murder scandal. You know? well, did it come out to like normal theaters or just high did. frame rate three? Because if I it was done, it... I don't know. I think it came out to normal theaters. Interesting. Only a few theaters could show like the high frame rate. Thing. Yeah, because it's not like I imagine at the time, especially with like oh no, like, maybe with film you can just double the speed of the projector. Maybe I don't know. Just, yeah, I'm not sure, but uh, yeah. So so Doug Trumbull, he's like on the outs a little bit because of this. Okay. So, but he still has this technology. And he supplies this for when they're trying to make Back to the Future the ride. And that's who they go to. And that's who directs it. And Back to the Future ride's massive success. And they, they, they pretty much give him a blank check to do whatever he wants. This is, if you're familiar with the podcast Blank Check yeah. with Griffin Newman and David Sims, they go for filmographies. Um, where directors have massive success and they are given a blank check to do whatever they want. Oh, is that what blank check is about? That's what blank check is about. Oh, okay. That, yeah. that seems so, intuitive. So, so this is pretty much the ride simulator variant <laughs> of that where he is given this massive blank check to do the craziest freaking thing imaginable. So he creates this inter-part experience. Just imagine like... Rise of the Resistance, but on the, the highest level, okay? So first you go into this um, this, this um, a ride building where you enter an elevator, and the elevator kind of like gets stuck, and then you get to see this um, pre-show. So the story follows Mac McPherson, oh, what, a, what a name, who serves, her, serves as our Indiana Jones-esque protagonist, and his partner Karina, and the villainous Dr. Osiris. The two are locked in battle for the fate of Egypt's future. Mac and Karina discover an ancient pyramid in the Nevada desert, filled with massive caves and ancient alien tech, when suddenly Dr. Osiris steals a powerful crystal obelisk. Guests are then transported into a high-speed hovercraft chase to take back the obelisk. And in the show notes, you could see what this looked like. This was a... Uh, like this uh, simulator that had like three rows. But the thing about it was that the simulator had this giant curved screen. So it's this curved screen that kind of goes like curves all around the simulator. So it it creates the notion that everything is happening around you. Okay. And uh, the, the ride film is bonkers. I've watched it. And it's pretty much like the the main character is like you're riding and he's like on the edge of like he's at the front of the screen and you're riding through this crazy futuristic Egyptian city. It's just it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, it has a f- score by Alan Silvestri. Jesus. <laughs> How much money did this show cost? Oh, it has to be millions and millions and millions <laughs> of dollars because it goes cra- it goes further. Okay, it goes further. 
So you, you go through that experience and then you cross the pathway into an actual theater. And this attraction is called Luxor Live. And you're given 3D glasses. Okay. It's a fake talk show in which guests become part of the studio audience. Okay. Now you're thinking, oh, what is it? You're like watching a film and the film is like kind of like Honey, I Shook the Audience where you think, no, no, no. It's an actual live show. Really? It's an actual live show. With 3D glasses. Well, yeah, I'll get to it. Okay. So the explorers from episode one are interviewed about their occult experiences and Dr. Cyrus steals the obelisk again. So if you go in the show notes again, you can see, yeah, you can see the set. You can see the set that you people would sit down and actually watch this show. And it would have people, uh, sometimes it was the actual actors from the simulator ride. Could Sometimes you, it wasn't. So could you could you go to the second one before going on the first one? That's a great question. I have no idea. But it, I think it would be very strange if you did. It's, it would be absurd just walking into a seemingly fictional yeah. talk show. Mm-hmm. And now there are screens above the audience, kind of like at a talk show would be. And in right. that, you would put on 3D glasses and there would be a 3D solar eclipse that you would view. <laughs> so then you would cross the path again to this giant uh this like giant tall theater that like had kind of like a like it looked like a black inverted triangle and you would descend all these staircases and ramps to go in it because it's called the theater of time and in the theater of time Uh, On the last page, you can see this giant screen and a bunch of very steep rows with a lap bar. And you would see it, uh, and it would be sort of like a simulator-esque experience, but kind of soaring-like because it had a giant IMAX screen. And you could go into a time machine, and it's like finally a journey in time with Mac and Karina and their time machine that shows them free visions of Egypt's future. One of which Dr. Osiris used the obelisk powers to rule over dystopian Egypt. So it's kind of like the final one where it's like, oh, no, he he finally used the obelisk and now he's ruling. And then they defeat him and then they show like, OK, I was going to say it'd be a really future. depressing ride. If yeah. the only yeah. thing you saw was that. Oh, yeah, Egypt the final is fucked. one is like when they like see it. Um, one of my favorite things in the show notes, by the way, is the image of the boat ride. And the boat ride crossing and like the security cards looking at them off a ramp and you could see hotel rooms right next door. Imagine walking out of this hotel. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Right now. Imagine walking out of this hotel room right now. <laughs> you see a boat ride. And and you know that they haven't been on the talk show one yet, right? So, you yeah. know, it's. Well, the boat ride was completely separate. The boat ride oh, really? was an educational one uh, <laughs> around the casino. Where you would look at Egyptian art, fake Egyptian artifacts and a guide on board, sort of like the old living with the land would give you. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 It was very, very strange. So currently in the Luxor, there is architecture that supports three IMAX rides or two IMAX rides, a simulator, sorry, one simulator, one live show. One IMAX and a boat ride. Like what? What happened boat to all ride, of that? So the boat ride you can actually walk on right now because what they did was they filled it in, and it became a walkway uh, with slot machines. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. 
1996 uh, made it a walkway. 1996, they got rid of Luxor Live. They replaced it with a show theater. And they got rid of the Theater of Time. What the are they showing at Luxor Live, if I might cut you off? Oh, oh, it's become a show theater where they they had... Um, oof. They've had Blue Man. I think oh, okay, Blue so Man just live right performances. Now. They and... had Carrot Top in there for a while. Jackawopsy. Oh, Jackawopsy. Yeah. So, well, who really lost out? Yeah. It was uh, the Luxor Live for Carrot Top. Yeah, sure. exactly. <laughs> and then for a long time, this became the IMAX. So this was the only IMAX in Las Vegas for a very long time. Okay. Strangest IMAX ever. Okay. <laughs> Anybody who lived in Las Vegas around this time from 1996 to 2003 went to this IMAX at least once on a field trip. And here's why the IMAX a field trip, like on a field trip. Uh, well, like see, that. this is the, the, I got to cut you off again. The, this is news to me. So you're saying that like schools would bus kids to the strip for that field is trips. 100%. That doesn't happen because, anymore. Does because it? Remember IMAX. Used to be mostly an educational film, film, science films and stuff like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so that's that's what you would do. So I mean, I spent oh gosh, probably two field trips at the Luxor. Yeah. So do you walk past like all the slot machines and the smoking old people and the the classes all connected like holding hands through yep. the yep, can't go much. in the carpeted region? Much, wow, yeah. okay, interesting. Yeah. Uh, there you go. <laughs> the, okay, so this is the strangest thing about this IMAX. Because they had to retrofit it with this theater of time thing. Right. It is on a extremely steep incline. <laughs> so you would descend, you would ascend these giant ramps <laughs> and then you would go into the theater. And I mean it, the the effect was insane because most IMAX theaters, you're kinda like in like um a raked theater. With you know a raked stadium seating, yeah, right, right, right. But imagine you're meeting the screen halfway at all times, right? Because it's just basically a super vertical increase, right. no matter so where you're, you're sitting. Either going to be looking up, or you're going to be almost halfway looking down at the screen. Okay, does that, so how did that affect the experience? What was the here's the, the verdict thing. here? Because of the fact that. The thing was so steep and raked, and it was technically dangerous to let people <laughs> free in their seats. You had to sit through the entire film wearing a lap. <laughs> so if you had to use the bathroom, you were just stuck? 100%. Yeah. So now you they could should, not go to the bathroom. They should have kept this open for Avatar, Way of the Water, because you could watch the whole movie, three hours and 12 minutes in a lap bar, so, yeah, unable to leave. It wouldn't surprise you to know that this thing closed down <laughs> in the mid-2000s for good reason, because they tried screening Star Wars Attack of the Clones. That movie's, I watched the first 10 minutes. That's the movie's two hours and 32 minutes, <laughs> and you're sitting in a lap bar the you're whole time. in a lap bar. I, I saw I saw it. Uh, Fantasia 2000 there. I saw... You movie. saw a full movie there? I saw a full movie there. Yeah. Did you feel like you had to take a piss like 20 minutes in and you were I stuck? I think so because those movies were kind of shortish, but... It I mean, that's like an bad. hour and a half movie. But, it's like a full movie. But the cool thing was I saw this film called Cyberworld there. Cyberworld was a CGI uh, 3D experimental movie featuring like early versions of CGI. And it was in 3D. So... 
the cool thing was because you're staring, you were at the screen halfway. It kind of re- created a bizarre parallax effect because you weren't looking up at a screen. You were looking towards a screen right in the middle, filling your entire periphery. So the 3D was kind of insane. Are we, are we talking about the same cyber world? Because a part of cyber world that I feel like you should mention. According oh, to this, are Homer- we talking about the, the Simpsons were in there? Yeah, that's the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simpsons segment. It featured like segments from Ants and uh, the Simpsons. But yes, it, it did feature that segment uh, in IMAX 3D. Uh, it's still a crazy experience, but I, I will never forget those lap bar seats. You were, you were currently sitting on Lost Media, by the way. In yes, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It is lost media. Yes. Wow. Um, Incredible. And trust me. I, I've, I've wanted to find it. Uh, so that was the Luxor. Luxor still, that, that is absolutely insane. So what's the vibe? Of the, it seems like the Luxor back then was like high Egypt design, like high immersive if, if Egypt. Is it the back, same here? Or? So if you go back there, you'll go to the attractions level, go to the second floor. Uh, it looks very similar. I don't know what they're doing in the search of the obelisk there. That actually lasted longer. That closed in 2006. Okay. Mm-hmm. That closed 10 years later, but that was kept as a standalone attraction. I don't know what they're doing with it right now, but uh, yeah. Um, 1996 brought New York, New York with the Manhattan Express Coaster, the Greenwich Village, and the Coney Island Arcade, and that's still there. I've stayed there twice. Just died twice. I, I refuse to go on the roller coaster. It scares smart, the ever-loving smart, shit out of me. They just smart, recently redid it, right? They, they recently redid the trains. The yeah, trains yeah, are yeah. New, they're premier skyrocket trains. And it's bad. It's a bad coaster. Oh. Very bad coaster. But it does have some... Did you go for the Greenwich Village area? Maybe. I it's don't like, remember. It's like a food court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that's right by the... I imagine. I think that's the one near the hotel for the, the elevators to the hotel, right? Yeah. Like it's the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, for, it's nice. It's it's, nice. it's, it's, it's some nice cool theming. Yeah. Uh, other 90s attractions included Speed the Ride at Sahara, which was a launched pre, uh, premiere uh, coaster. Uh, the Race to Atlanta Simulator at Caesars Palace Forum Shops, which used to have this giant FAO Schwartz with like a Trojan horse in front. Hmm. Uh, the Bellagio Fountains, which you could see right outside your window. Are right those now. the same Bellagio Fountains? I know that. I thought I heard something that they've changed or something Wet, like that. Or what redid them slight, uh, oh. recently? Then um, there's the same company, I believe, who worked on World of Color. Oh, um, but now it can. They do have. What's interesting is they have those projectors. So if they want to do projection shows, they can, but they just never do, which uh, sucks, right? That's weird. Like maybe is it just hard to keep everything synced up, or I think they just don't want to do them. Oh, I think right. that people would rather have the simplicity of the the classic Bellagio yeah. fountains. But they did, yeah. they did like stuff for like the NFL draft and. Well, the question is like, what are you going to project, right? Like I guess World of Color is easy because you can project Disney movies, but. What is the Bellagio going to project besides yeah, exactly. you know, stock footage or right. something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh, M&M's World with the 340 movie, which is gone now. 
right. What was in the 4D movie? What 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 kind of movie can you make out of the M&Ms? Is it the movie that they play before the movies at no. the movie theater? Because that I would have... <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Uh, this is an my envelope. information. This is an envelope. When, I, yeah, he goes. No, this yeah. is an envelope. And then he, they, well, they changed it recently because uh, mm-hmm. they added yeah, they the rocket shooting into the sky. See that I would have come to Las Vegas for if I could see yeah. the. See that? It, no, it was called "I Lost My M in Vegas." <laughs> I lost my M in Vegas. What is that a reference okay, to? So, you know how the M and M's they have the M. Oh. It's literally that he he bets his M. <laughs> the red M. Did you see this M. movie? Uh, I have. Yes. What did you think? It's strange. <laughs> Is this also it's lost cool. media now? Uh, no, you can actually view it online. I mean, technically, I guess the 4D, of course, right? Yeah, yeah, you can't see it. Like as in the, f- the actual footage. Hasn't been uploaded, but you can see a recording of it. Oh, wow. So, But I can't imagine that footage is any good, right? It, yeah, you could, it's kind of blurry, but you can get the gist. But it's very strange. <laughs> it's he lost very strange. Him now Vegas. it's no longer uh, playing. Uh, it was a casualty of the pandemic. It lasted that long? What is currently happening at the Eminem world now? Uh, they're remodeling it. Right now, you can actually see. So you can see there's a, in the show notes, there's a marquee that says world premiere, stirring red and yellow. I lost my M in Vegas. And now it's just a blank marquee. But what do they have anything in the theater currently? So the Eminem world is still there. Yes. Yes, it is. So it's just a big empty theater now. The the store is still open, right? The store is still open. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's pretty much transforming into the Eminem store from Disney Springs. Pretty much. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. It still smells like shit, too. What? Oh, my gosh. It smells so bad. What happens? Is there, like, mold or something like that? It smells... Okay. If you ever thought about what it would be like to smell uh, 20 years of M&M's... Oh, yeah. Just, like, old, rusty, like, candy. The hard-coated candy. That's exactly what it smells like. That's not good. That's That's gross. Yeah. Uh... The Grand Canyon experience is my favorite one. There's, I think it's like a, it's like a Ross or a Marshalls or a Target. I don't know <laughs> what it is now, but it's it's a, literally was a tourist trap shop themed to the Grand Canyon. Mm. It was the strangest thing. Everybody made fun of it, uh, but now it's gone. Tear tear. Um, but you know there was also a race to Atlantis, which was a 3D. Uh, ride at Caesars, uh, which was the giant IMAX 3D ride, which lasted like three years. And then the ride film got transplanted to Euro- Europe and showed in Fantasia land for like 20 years. Wow. Yeah. All right. So there you go. That lives on. That's yeah, it lived on. I think it's gone now. Oh, okay. Um, but also there at the Caesars, there's also an animatronic show that's still there. A place in front of a cheesecake factory. <laughs> and it's an animatronic show about the fall of Atlantis. You can still see it. The fall of Atlantis. Yes. Atlantis, the... What is that relationship to Caesar? I guess that... Fallen kingdoms or something like that? I don't know. I, Ro- it's yeah, a thin it's like, connection it's, yeah, there. Kind of like Roman... Okay. Ask. I, don't ask. So is, so is, it was supposed to be connected to this Atlanta show, mm-hmm. ride and stuff like that. So getting a lay of the land, 
what is so we've talked a lot about the 90s themed experiences in vegas what what do we got today what do you got today what's left that's a great question so what's left are remnants you're standing in we're, we're sitting in one right now the paris was hilton's 1999 attempt to get into the themed mega resort craze if you go downstairs as i was explaining off mic go downstairs you turn right you'll uh, go through a connector that connects from the paris to bally's which is now horseshoe and that is actually very quaintly themed to a french village Hmm. it's very nice it's very charming. It's like Epcot-esque. The thing that sucks is that uh, there used to be a buffet down there. Buffets have been kind of transitioned out since the pandemic. And it's behind walls now, which sucks. And it's, it was all themed to like a French outdoor French village. Oh, wow. Which was really charming. That's, That's exciting. Gone. That sucks. Yeah. But... Again, there's there's small remnants. If you go to the Venetian, that's that's a remnant. That also opened up in the 90s, late 90s. And you still had the gondola rides. Uh, you had the Stratosphere Tower, which we talked about. That's that's a remnant. Um, what else? Circus Circus is still there. Right. As I was saying, the Venture Dome is still there. It's still present. Uh, either you also have Caesar's Palace Forum Shops with that Atlanta show. Once again, uh, but the forum shops is very now high end. It used to have like a Disney store and a giant FAO Schwartz, but it doesn't have that stuff anymore. That's not the audience that they're trying to attract anymore. Are these places like on their, do you think they still have like legs to them or is this just like a very, like, you know, Paris, like I walk into Paris and it is, it is not modern, right? This room would not fly at a Disney resort anymore. Um. <laughs> it would sure as hell cost a lot more, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, it's. There's <laughs> uh, no way this room costed more than a Disney resort, right? Right. No. Oh, yeah. If, you, if this was at Boardwalk, if you paid this price at Boardwalk, you'd get a broom closet, I think. And, uh, a broom closet. And you wouldn't get a. You would get like a barely themed coffee shop, right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah there you go. That's swing. Set up and swing. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, no, but it, the 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 trend of highly themed experiences, you know, like you're saying, so they're still around, right? And it seems like even uh, when it comes specifically to like attractions, they're not going away. There's there's new ones. So you talked a little while ago, hopefully that was a little while ago, not years ago. I can't remember anymore uh, about the the Soren esque attraction that opened on the Strip, right? Flyover. I, I, I th- so flyover is flyover any better now? I can remember your complaints initially. Uh, I, I don't know if you've been since. I haven't been since. Um, I I thought it was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is also not unique to Vegas. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Right. So that that's the other thing. I don't think it's doing very well at all, though. Really? Yeah, because they keep, I keep seeing discounts for it. Like, ah, Jesus. Time, so yeah. do it while you can is what I could say. Uh, again, that's that's another sad thing. I mean, like that's a really cool thing, though. There's a Soren ride here in Las Vegas on the Strip. Well, and what is popular? There. What is popular here in Vegas, like right now? Because I'm driving up and I see a lot of you know uh, advertisements for specific celebrities and their shows or like their, their their restaurants and stuff like that. Like, what is you know if it, if it, this is not the age of themed entertainment in Vegas, what is this the is the theme pulse? of 
of cultural cachet where you have to take a photo and that's what you get out of it. Okay. Again, it's the Instagram culture. It's the experience. So like you go to hell's kitchen and you see the stuff from the television show and you put it online. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And, uh, well, you'd think that would fit pretty nicely into themed entertainment, right? Like, if it looks cool, yes, then you want to take a picture. It really doesn't fit into a ride entertainment. Right. Yeah, that's like a pure experience kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing. When you go in the flyover, they there's this thing that they say that just kind of kills everything. And the thing they say is, no photos, no videos. Mm, yeah, and you lose... You, you're going to lose some of that. And it's like, if I had to pay $35 or 40 bucks, and I can't take a photo, what's the point? Do you think that that's like per- pervasive, not only here in Vegas, but do you think like maybe that's what like, Disney is doing? Like that these other I think theme it's parks a small, are doing? It's a small part of Disney, but I think Disney really thrives on the nostalgia. Uh-huh. Whereas I think that... Universal is really capitalizing on the experiential with like Super Nintendo World. That's going to be huge for like blogging and microblogging and and Instagram and stuff like that. But Super Nintendo World is smart because there's one viewpoint, right? Like it's like literally if you were designing a place Mm -hmm. to be good for pictures – you don't make Galaxy's Edge, which is sprawling. You make right. Super Nintendo World, which has it literally is built to look built to one look, way. Right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. 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 And I I think that's the thing. You either are going to get so blitzed you don't remember anything, <laughs> or you have to remember everything. Right. And you have to document it. Right. And and that's the thing about it. I I don't believe that Vegas will ever get a theme park again because number one anybody who would want to go to a theme park i don't think there's enough locals to warrant it because it's hot out yeah number two they would just go to california then right so that that's the reason why we're never going to get a true theme park or anything like that and that's why sort of the like the experience culture kind of failed and the reason why, like, the Manhattan Express or the Big Apple Coast or whatever they call it is still operating is because it's super iconic. It is the roller coaster on the strip. And you will never believe how much it costs to ride. All right, all right, all right, let me think. So, like... All right, I've been to the Boardwalk, right? Like, the Boardwalk... Not the Boardwalk Hotel, but, like, uh-huh. the Boardwalk... What am I paying? Like three bucks to go on a roller coaster? Thirty dollars. Three bucks. Three bucks to pay. <laughs> How much does it cost to go on that roller coaster? I gotta imagine it's like fifteen a head, right? Maybe twenty. That's incredible, though. That's like, that's just ah, and you're saying it's not that good, right? It's it's twenty bucks to go one run on a roller coaster. Yes. Yeah. That is the goal, but it is Instagrammable, right? That's the thing. It's the one roller coaster on the strip, and you get a photo. And it's above everything, so you can take a picture. It's like a, it's a, it's a challenge kind of thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's above yeah. everything. But it, you can't have two. No, that's true. You can only have the one, but you're the one. And th- that's the thing. There's only room for one of these things. Yeah. That's it. So, again, it's, it's hard to say 
that themed entertainment can kind of exist, but it can only exist in a very small condensed capacity. Right. And that's the unfortunate thing because they, they call this place Disneyland for adults, but it's Disneyland for adults in that you don't go to do Disneyland stuff. You go here to do the stuff you can't do at Disneyland. Hmm. And, and they tried to make it literal Disneyland and it didn't work. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's just, but yeah, yeah. They tried to make it literal Disneyland. It didn't work. I guess they tried to make it for old people and it didn't work. Yeah. So, so the next best thing is to, but it doesn't seem like it's as, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't mean to insult Vegas, but it doesn't seem that scuzzy, right? Like it's not like they've indulged in the deepest desires of the 21 to 25 range. Mm-hmm. Like there is like a sense of professionalism. Like, you know, one of the big faces on the strip with the big, it was a big billboard for Jimmy Kimmel. It's like I don't know if any. Oh, Jimmy Kimmel. He's got his comedy, comedy store. Club, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a, there's comedy clubs and there's there's like actual and there's performers that are pretty popular outside of yeah, so the well, bubble. That's the other right? thing. There's the headliners. The headliners is something that is very much the one thing that exists for the elderly crowd. Oh, you so okay? So though, like the the poor poor Penn and Teller. But are you saying like the Penn and Teller is for the for the elderly crowd? Yeah. <laughs> They tried to do this thing where they, in the mid 2000s, they tried this rush where they tried to do Broadway shows on the strip. Really? Yeah. Uh, a number of Broadway shows. Um, there was Avenue Q, Hairspray, The Producers. Oh, gosh. Isn't uh, Avenue Spamalot, Q the, the puppet the puppet one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Spamalot. Oh, my gosh. Um, Trying to remember all the, the Lion King had a two year stint. It's like the wow. one they were at the Mandalay Bay for two years. See one rare example of Disney having a presence on the strip. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't think of that. Yeah. yeah. And it was very, very strange that they had Disney on the strip, but it existed. The Lion King was there for two years. Uh but for the most part, the Broadway experiment didn't work because the Broadway shows were too long. Here in the hotel, they're still trying it for some reason. Here in the hotel, you might have passed signs for a show called Bad Out of Hell. Yeah, the meatloaf. Jukebox yeah. meatloaf musical, which I believe just closed. I think like last night was closing night or something. Oh, they're still running the ads? Yeah. for. Uh, I think they haven't taken them down yet. But... <laughs> Really, really sad. Uh, yeah, the the one thing, and I guess this is like a thing that people talk about a lot. Of not only oh, I like your lanyard. I'm looking at the. Oh, I like that a lot. Universal, yeah, yeah, yeah. Universal Studios Hollywood lanyard. I like that. How is that recent? Is that like a new one or? Uh, I got this a year and a half ago, and you could kind of see that first. It's like um, they made these for Universal Studios Hollywood. I'm uh, sorry, Florida. You made these for Florida, and then they transposed them for Hollywood, and they just uh, for King Kong they still had the confrontation. Mm, there, yeah, there you go. But they added, they they added, and they still have the Jaws on there. But I believe they added like a studio tour tram just lazily. Right here. <laughs> that looks like just like a picture, like a yeah, yeah, like, almost like, like it's like a flash inserted picture. it like yeah. really quickly. Um, I was going to say, it seems like the Vegas doesn't seem to have, uh, like walking around, I don't know, like I, I, you've been pretty adamant about like the identity is like 21 to 25. When I see that, I think of like 
ex- excess, like like yeah. like you know, sex. <laughs> it's a very sexless, at least on the outside. It seems like it's very. It, it, it seems like it is like a thing that kids can do. You know, maybe drinking is the big thing now because I know that they came out with that literally genius business plan last time I saw it where you can get the slushy cups and you can fill them at like any resort yeah. on the strip. That's like genius. So it's just a place where you get shit faced, I guess now. Is exactly. That? Okay. You All right. Go to, yeah. You go to a nightclub and you spend thousands, thousands of dollars on booze. Right. And it's extremely loud. And you don't really, you get dazed, confused, not really sure what's going on, but you grind over someone here, you grind <laughs> over someone there and you're, you're just blackout drunk by the end of it. And that's the point. It's you go here. Part of my French, but you go here to get fucked up. Yeah, okay. And that's yeah. what it is. You, you, you just go here to get messed up and you come back. And that's the whole point of that slogan they used for years. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. That, do you think that's back with like a, like a, like a power? That's yeah. like the new, mm-hmm. we're back to the, right. The, the, well, how do you feel about that? Because I'm sitting in front of you right now. I think it's a good, I can give you an interview question. Like how, do you feel alienated by Vegas? Do you like the new direction of Vegas? Because like you, you haven't grown up with a lot of the experiences. And, you know, like, like you said in the beginning of this segment, the 90s Vegas was pretty like important, I think, seemingly to your childhood. Like there's a lot of stuff you remember. And, uh, you know, how Vegas has changed over the years. So like the current state of Vegas, do you feel, do you like the strip? Or is it like something that... You just come to see movies at near the strip, or <laughs> no? <laughs> uh, and the thing is, is, I say a no, but I understand it. Right, I understand it. I I could see what's successful and what works, and I could take minor victories like fly over Vegas. Like those mm-hmm. are minor victories. Omega Mart, minor victory. How how often do you come to the strip? Like, oh, would you say now? So, obviously, obviously. Uh, this is uh, my first time at the strip of the year. Which is not. I've only. Oh, okay. been, it's was, only I, been two. I was doing the two mental math the here. Yeah. Uh, but I would have to say, let's see. Uh, let me count the times I went to the strip last year. Okay. I went to the strip last year. Three, four times. Is that like a drop from the year before? No. So it's just like a couple times. Yeah couple times locals don't like to come here the thing that that they killed them so um you do get now three hours free parking that's pretty good for locals yeah but may i remind you it used to be free oh completely free (laughs) it used to be completely free for everybody when was this so they decided to start charging for parking in the uh last late last decade and it was the dumbest decision they've ever made. It just keeps people away from... Was it... Did they running out of space? Is that like what the, the thought was? Is that there's too many people? Now it just was a scummy... Yeah, it's just some money. Yeah, that makes money. sense. They tried to like excuse it by, oh, well, we're upgrading our parking garages. So because we're upgrading our parking garages... We're what do you do to charging. how do you upgrade a parking garage? So it's like it's concrete slabs. That... He, it, the, what they do is pretty much they add those indicators. Oh, what the ones it? that tell you whether there's a spot free. Yeah, okay. That's it. That's it. That's how they upgrade it. Yeah, and they, that's twenty dollars. Of course, of, of course, out. part of the upgrades includes the toll booths. Oh yeah, there you yeah, go. It's yeah, it's like <laughs> wait, you're literally spending the bulk of your money to charge for parking. Right. 
you know, come on. We know what you're doing here. <laughs> you can't fool me, man. But so you're so you got three hours of parking. So I guess you can't really do much, though. You play. You're not gonna. I mean, presumably locals don't gamble that frequently because that's like a tourist thing, right? Um, you could eat for three hours, yeah. So so really, there's no draw. It, uh, so I imagine people who live near like this is not a good comparison, but people who live near Disney Springs like use it as like a mall, right? Mm-hmm. But the Strip is not. It feels like a tourist there's, in the middle of the city. There's so many malls, sh- uh, shopping malls here on the Strip. Yeah, but you do not go there. Uh, we have malls in Henderson, which is Henderson is where I live. Uh-huh. It's a suburb right next to uh, the Strip, and there's also Summerlin, which is on the other side. Uh, there's also North Las Vegas, uh, which is um, obviously uh, the north part. Uh, that is the unfortunately that's the much more poverty stricken area. Um, but uh, I would have to say like Henderson's like the middle class, Summerlin's upper class, North Las Vegas is lower class, kind of like that thing. Um, and it's unfortunate ha- just how you know how those demographics actually do work out. I wish it was way more evenly spaced. It doesn't make any sense to me, um, but unfortunately, that's I guess the way capitalism works. <laughs> uh, and and the reason why is probably because downtown had fallen out of favor, and that's where North Las Vegas is near. And yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, but you know, it, uh, each of those places do have their own like um, atmosphere, and uh, I don't know how to say this. Um, their their own community and their own places to go. This, the Strip, is for tourists. You might come here to see a show. If you want to see a show, you come here. If you want to go to a game, you know, we have professional hockey, we have professional football, we have women's basketball and the such. You come here. But otherwise, there's really not much reason. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the sad part. Uh, I would like to make this more of a place where you can go to hang out. Even the even um, the younger local crowd, if they want to go to bars, they actually don't go here. They go downtown. Downtown has hipper high dive bars and stuff like that. They're not going to come to the Strip. They're just not. So the Strip is just like, it, it's almost like a... Like people who live in Vegas, rarely over here. This is just a collection of everybody else who isn't from Vegas and doesn't live in Vegas and doesn't 100%. know. Yeah. Or you work. Obviously, if you work on the Strip, you're coming to the Strip every day. Do a lot of people just from Vegas? That's mostly they work on the. Yeah, that, I guess that makes sense, right? There's a whole yeah. industry. I mean, I again, I used to work. If this is a, if this is basically an interconnected building with Bally's now Horseshoe. I used to work in this building. Right. I used to come here every day. Hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I, that's the only reason why you would, most people would go to the Strip with any regularity. It's just because, just to work. Just to work. To keep it all going. Yeah, exactly. And, again, that's sad. Like, you know, people who live by Disneyland go there frequently. Well, when they used to. Yeah, when well, nowadays, do, yeah, well, let's yeah. see, right? Like, you like, didn't need to get a reservation to go. This is the beginning. This is like the, the, the instituting paid parking, right? It's like uh, the uh, the changes to the annual pass exactly, system and yeah. stuff like that. Supposedly. We'll see what Mr. Hydra does. 
Oh, there's no way he's going to, like, pull back on the, the annual see. pass stuff. We'll Look at you, Ryan O'Reilly, with Epcot backgrounds on your phone. This is, you have been outed as a, as a fan. You... <laughs> I still have I still have the uh, Epcot experience. Remember the Epcot experience? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> now that's I think they sell wings and beer there you at the Odyssey. Have, you have an Epcot. I bet everyone's known that, and it, yeah. the, the, it, it has been known that I have. Where, where it, this, was that Disney? This is Etsy. This is I think it's just Etsy. like a yeah it's an Etsy one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a really cheap, shitty Etsy case. Yeah, it's, you can see it's even like this wear and tear along the edges there, and then things like that. Mm. Uh, okay. um, I was going to ask you. This is let's just I can get this on, on the, or you can cut this out later. So tomorrow I'm driving from Vegas to Anaheim. So in the middle, like so in the middle, we'd previously went to that alien beef jerky place, but I think that guy's like a massive racist, if I remember correctly. <laughs> I googled it, and I think the guy who owns it. It's like a really big Trumpster. Um, so is there, I remember, I think on Twitter you posted something about like a ch- clown candy. Eddie World. Is that what it's called? Eddie World. Yeah. Eddie it's, World. It's, it's, uh, it's right on to the 15. Eddie World is like one of my favorite tourist traps. It's, it's pretty much a rest stop. And it's really stupid, but it's really fun to browse. Is that on the way? Uh, it's on the way. Okay. Yes. All right. Then, then. You gotta stop at Eddie World. <laughs> you gotta I, stop there. I, I love Eddie World. It literally is a gas station. It is. Yes. Holy shit. It is a giant, like, uh, indoor. Your gas out here is $4.80. In Cali, it's four eighty. apparently, according yeah, to Eddie World's if, website. Yeah. If, if you go to Eddie World, that's, Yeah. I think right now we're like three fifty. Okay, all right, we're like two eighty in in Maryland. Oh, man, this is what the viewers or listeners came for. Yes, is like to listen about gas prices. <laughs> <laughs> I have to think about what any any other conversation topics I can get out while you're sitting right in front of me right, right here. Yeah. yeah, it's not too different. Mm-hmm. It isn't. No, it's not really. Uh, I mean, I can't. Like, what even happened over the holiday? I don't know. Avatar 2 made $1.5 billion. Did you like Avatar 2? Did you see it? I did. Yeah. I, I saw it. So my theater, actually, I was going I, I to, I didn't mention this to you. By the way, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Um, I didn't uh, uh, mention this, but my AMC just didn't say it was high frame rate. I'm, I'm certain it was, though. So Regal's the only one who's advertising it. Is that what it is? Because yeah. I went to the AMC and I was looking at the underwater scenes and I said, this just looks like a video game. Like, I can definitely tell it's not 24 frames per second. Like, yeah. I, definitely not. Um, did you end up seeing it in the high frame rate? or yeah, What would you think? I didn't like because the problem was the transitions. Yeah. The transitions were really bad. Choppy, almost. Very like, choppy yeah. transitions. And the projector couldn't handle it. There was one time where... It felt like a video game cutscene glitching. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. did, yeah. But I liked the movie. I liked it's a good it. Movie. I thought it was yeah. way better. Yeah, than no, the no cultural impact, but yeah. It's yeah. A good... <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was way better than the first one. I oh, absolutely. It. The 3D is incredible. I mean, that that scene at the end with the whales. Ah, oh, 
so good. That when the movie becomes like action at uh, Titanic, it was like that's yeah. that's like yes, well, the, as theme park like fans though, it was weird because you have a lot of people saying like they didn't notice the frame rate jumps. I felt and I think I I tweeted this. I might have deleted it because I was a little snarky. Because sometimes I post snarky tweets and like one yeah. person will respond to me and I'm like ah, it's not worth not worth it. It's not worth, worth me hurting this yeah. specific person's uh-huh. feelings, right? Yeah. But um. I, I it, it, like Flight of Passage is IMAX at sixty, constant sixty. So it's like it wasn't. I thought like when it, when it went to the higher frame rate, I was like, oh, this reminds me of being at Disney World. Like it reminds me of like seeing or Guardians of the Galaxy. I think is also at a higher frame rate here. And uh, do you want to my hottest hot day? If you say you, if you can leave the hotel room, if you say you don't like no, no. Flight of Passage, no, no, that was the thing. I thought that way of water, the 3D and the image, was better than Flight of Passage. I yeah no like, I, I it made yeah. me think that they need to upgrade it. You think it, so? I I was like sitting there going, I think this makes Flight of Passage look worse. Maybe I need to. Well, I think the higher the frame rate goes, the worse things end up looking. Like I don't. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it does. But I just remember just going, this is actually looks better than Flight of Passage. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think yeah. I, what's weird, and I don't, I don't know if anybody in the audience is like more technical than I am, but when you look at the ways that Disney does the high frame rate stuff for their theme park attractions, specifically in my mind, uh, 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 Mission Breakout and yeah. Way of the Water, there's like a weird silhouetting to a lot of the figures. I don't know if they do like in pieces. Is that the way that it's working? Or well, well, the thing is, is that they do do plates. Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, I know that's how they did Honey, I Shook the Audience. It was, um, it was all done on four plates. Okay. Do so you think did, that's how Flight of Passage works? I or think, I think uh, Flight of Passage was... Probably just a flat image, right? Just a flat yeah. image because yeah. it's all made in a computer. Yeah. But uh, for Guardians, oh, 100%. Those the plates, plates look awkward, I think. They do, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, no, I agree. But at least the image does look crisp, and I think that's a large part of... Mission Breakout doesn't have 3D. That's true. That's true. And it, uh, I think a Flight of Passage does have a slight, a small ghosting problem. That yeah, absolutely. Feel, yeah, didn't feel with uh, Way of Water at all. No, Way of Water. I, I, I'm concerned, like how you intertwine the visuals of Flight of Passage and Way of Water. Like, I guess you have to switch animals, perhaps, like to get the, you go from a banshee to like one of the underwater yeah. ones. Yeah, that was that was the thing. I was yeah. like. People are like everybody when Way of Water came out. People were like, "What is the attraction gonna be?" Yeah, right. Like I don't know how you do it. Like it doesn't give Disney much freedom because like you, you go you go to watch those underwater scenes and it's like, I got kind of want an attraction. Out yeah, of absolutely. Yeah, you're gonna like. Well, I'm, there's that expansion pad near uh, Pongu Pongu or uh, the Satuli Canteen, right? Yeah. So, but what do you do? Like build like a giant Shamu tank there and. <laughs> And have like an animatronic. Some people were like speculating, why don't you do like that? The Tokyo Disney Sea, the Twenty Thousand Leagues attraction, or something like that. Oh, like a dark ride kind yeah, of thing. Kind of like yeah, kind of thing. That'd be neat. I mean, you can't do a boat ride because we already have that. You can't do like a big simulation. Like I, I don't think you can. Like some people are saying, give Flight of Passage a new screen, and it's like I don't think the infrastructure for Flight of Passage works for what they would want to do. Uh, James Cameron did reach out to Iger apparently and said, Hey, we can insert 
few scenes in there. I mean, yeah, I, well, I, James Cameron's absolute lunatic. <laughs> at, at this point, he's like he the confidence by which he speaks is like I mean, it's earned one point four oh, billion dollars, one hundred percent earned. I, I can't get enough of these press tours. Yeah, exactly. This guy's out of his mind, and I love it. He's just calling up the Disney CEO. He's like, yeah, we can do that if you really need it. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I bet I just looking at those receipts, going. I guess so, yeah. yeah. The hope is that it's not like the first movie came out and then the second movie is people who remember the first one and then the third one just like completely bombs. Uh, I don't know. I, all, I could say is, all I could say is that uh, I think we underestimate how much the average audience likes Avatar. It's, it's weird because I don't like – I'm not on the no cultural impact bandwagon, but I know very few people who've seen it. Everyone who I know has seen it love it. Like, they really love it. Yeah. But, like, the number of people who I know who've gone out of the way and seen it. I think it all depends on, like, who you follow in your feed and stuff like That's that. That's a good point, yeah. And that was, like, the whole the, the kid who said, mm, I don't see any memes about it. It doesn't make any sense. I see more memes about Glass Onion, which is a movie on Netflix. Yeah, you can take a screenshot of you that. You can take a screenshot, exactly. All right, and then, so we're going long, but I'll, yeah. I'll ask my final question, because you can, you can, on the air, you can plan my Disneyland vacation. Yes. What am I miss? What do I do? Like what you okay. you know? What so you, I'm going what, to Disneyland for one, two, three days. What 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 park is Hopper or? Park Hopper? Yeah. And what park can't Hopper. I miss at Disneyland okay. right now? All right. And by extension, what can't the people miss? And I'll, I'll try to appear less like selfish, like I'm using airtime for myself. So what can't the people miss at Disneyland right now? I hate to say this. Nothing. And yeah. I hate to say this because because I know. This is a controversial thing to say, but it's all in your prerogative. Obviously, if you want to write Splash Mountain, you got to write now. Get my last second of, uh, of racism second in. Of racism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, if you want, uh, if it's, uh, it's a small world holiday, 100% recommend. Okay. Doing that. Go back at night. It's gorgeous. Try to catch the lighting ceremony. It should be on the schedules. This is for It's a Small World holiday. Yeah. yeah. Definitely do that. 100%. Okay. Uh, else, uh, I would recommend go see a performance of Mr. Lincoln. Mm. It's a wonderfully nice way to take a rest. Terrific. Mm-hmm. Got to do that. Uh, if you can get a snagger reservation, last minute reservation for Blue Bayou, do that. I have a reservation for Cafe Orleans. Mm. There's your. That's my. Okay. Save my fucking. <laughs> <laughs> After this hotel room, I uh, we're eating yeah. peanut butter and fluff for the you're, next week. You're going to miss the treehouse. I'm so sorry. With the oh, scene. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They announced the opening date. I believe it's February. Oh, okay. Uh, what else? Uh, okay. You also have, uh, in California Adventure, uh, 100% uh, would recommend that you uh, do, uh, is it running? Is it running? No, I don't think California, Soarin' Over California is running. No, it's still Soarin' Over the World. Yeah. I think it's coming back soon. I can't remember. I, I, I would kill. I, so the, one, the things at California Adventure I know I'm keeping an eye out for are the Remnants of the festival uh, booths, booths the food. Yeah. and then uh, I think World of Color is back. Yes, did World of Color one? I think um, I know World of Color is back, and I have to get like the stupid reservations oh, thing. Genie. I think yeah. still haven't dealt with Genie yet. 
I dealt with it in Disney World. Oh, really? I I don't think I'm. I think I advocated to avoid dealing with it here at Disneyland. Which yeah. is the one that's supposed to be better? Is it supposed to be better here or Disneyland, there? Yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be better at Disneyland. Uh, they did sell out of it though. Oh, over no the shit. Christmas holiday. Wow, but that was like the, uh, you won't have that problem. Yeah. You shouldn't have that problem. But yeah, uh, a really fun thing to do. That's you know is all the transportation. You know, also the canoes. If you if you were oh, wow. willing, do the canoes. It's a really underrated fun thing to do, or ride the Mark Twain. It's all this calm stuff. Take a ride around. Oh, the train. You got to at least take the train from Fantasyland to uh, to uh, Main Street because you get through Primeval World and World and and all that great stuff. You get to see the diorama, mm-hmm. your universe of energy dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, they come back. Uh, but it, that's pretty much what I would recommend. Of like this, I guess the secrets of Disneyland. Yeah, what are your secrets of Disneyland, Ryan? Give us one nugget of wisdom that isn't <laughs> the uh, the red and white bulb or the brick. <laughs> Do you remember when we remember we talked to the, Jim the, Denny Jim about that? Yeah, the, the brick. Yeah, the yeah. brick. Oh, uh, you could search out the Little Man of Disneyland. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Adventureland or he's in front of the there? Jungle Cruise, right? Yeah, I think. yeah, somewhere yeah. around there. Um, I believe, uh, uh, is Indiana Jones, I think it's closing. I think it's up until the ninth until when the ninth, I'm leaving yeah. the eighth. So yeah. it's, yeah. Well, you can see it in all its broken glory before it gets, <laughs> did you see that the snake is backstage now? People were saying, I think it was, um, Disney dragon was saying that that snake looks like it's the secondary snake, like the backup snake. More so than it is them trying to refurbish and make a new one. I mean, look, hey, you probably, but they, they, OC Register did talk about how it's being fixed. So are they are they looking to like which is a paid story about Disney? They wouldn't Disney wouldn't give that to the OC Register if they weren't like yes, it's we're fixing the snake. So are they just doing like a full like just like a thin refurb, or are they actually trying to touch everything up for for Dial of Destiny? What are your thoughts on Dial of Destiny? The trailer looks whatever. Yeah, see, I kind of agree with that. The, the little piano music Indiana Jones stuff doesn't do it for me anymore. Stop with that. Please <laughs> stop with that. Yeah, like, I, I, I can't do the, the little the little epic piano theme do, callback. Do, do, the Ghostbusters did it too, didn't it? Yeah, they yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Do, 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 do. You know, it's like, the Ray Parker Jr. song gets the epic well, treatment. Yeah. It's not cool anymore. Stop it. <laughs> go to a trailer house and slap them. I've I've heard leaks about the ending, and if the ending is true, it's gonna be a hell, hell online. That's really? Yeah. Oh, are they, oh well, I don't. I don't. Uh, oh, you got me wondering. I gotta. I'll tell you. I'll tell you off here. Yeah, I gotta imagine it's like a. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're saying it's hell online, and uh, I've seen some of the new characters they're introducing, yeah. am I correct to assume that they're like? I'll tell you off. Okay, all right, okay. all right. 
But uh, we're at 90 minutes. There you now. go. That we seems like the perfect yeah, way to end it. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So we'll be back next week. But in the meantime, please follow us on social media on Twitter at UnbillPod. You can reach me at Open Mother's Mail, Ryan Dorman at Open the Dorman. Feel free to email us at UnbillPod at gmail.com or rate us on Stitcher, iTunes, and Anchor, or wherever you find this podcast. Please write a review and tell us how we're doing. If you don't like us, thank you for listening to Vital Vegas. I'm Scott Robin. Have a great day, everyone. See you guys. <laughs>